Welcome to Tent Talk, the podcast with Nancy McCrady, where we talk about life under the big tent of God's presence and the provoking process of discipleship. Here we go. Hey everybody, welcome to Tent Talk. This is Nancy McCrady. The times don't cause the trouble. This is uh, another short series of conversations that we're going to have here on Tent Talk under the big tent of God's presence where he disciples, matures, and educates his sons for the hour in which we live. The times don't cause the trouble because my friends, the trouble has been in us since the moment that Adam and Eve chose to live separate from God. They thought they could handle life on their own and an alien nature came into them. And that nature, my friends, is not the nature of God. So the times don't cause the trouble, but oh, the times surely do expose the trouble. Take a listen to these episodes, and I pray they will open your eyes and ears to Him in the Spirit, and you will embrace what He's doing in you. Love you all. All right, here we are again. Times don't cause the trouble, 2.0. My friends, the times don't cause the trouble, but they sure do expose it. And that's happened in every generation throughout all of time. So we're in our days, right? We're in our end times, if I can put it this way. Some people say, well, when do you think it's going to be? I don't know. The end times. But I can tell you that I'm in my end times. I'm one day closer to my last day if you will. You're one day closer to your last days. So if you don't know the day and time in which Jesus shall return, which even Jesus doesn't know that, according to the scripture, is how I would encourage you is I would live as though it's your last days. Now that doesn't mean that you go around running around like a chicken with your head cut off. It doesn't mean you go around you know, crying, the sky is falling, the sky is falling. What it means is that you live in the steady urgency of living your life full out with the Father in deep abiding oneness that you may be ready, my friends, finishing your course, running your race, no matter what the day and time of your death or of his return. So I encourage you with that simple Uh, aspect of uh, my own personal philosophy on that. My name is Nancy McCrady, which means to make ready a people in spirit for the Lord, Luke 117. So my view is, is I'm just here to be ready and to make ready people to live with the Lord, no matter what the time and day. So we want to remember, though, that we are living in our generation the time and the places where God himself has assigned us. We're going to be getting more specific in that preparation, in that assignment as the days go by. Don't fall for uh, the deception that you're just here to do random acts of kindness and just generally be a good person. And isn't that being a Christian? Come on now. Come on. You were chosen out before the foundations of the world by God himself in Christ. And God has a specific path for you. He has a specific way that you and he are going to move together. Specific places and people he wants to send you out to in your own house, in your own neighborhood, in your business, in your church, uh, whatever that may look like. Let's don't stay in the old ruts of what that might look like. It's living your life with him, which requires you to lean in to hear his voice like never before, the internalized voice 
of the Spirit. So I appreciate that you're listening to my voice, which is an outside voice, right? Speaking into your life. And I appreciate that. But I'm under no illusions that that should be how you literally, um, you know, live your life. Uh, hanging on the words of some other person. Hopefully my words encourage you to go deeper with him so that you can hear his voice, right? This is my prayer is that my voice is forever provoking you to go with him and to know him. So let's continue on. The times don't cause the trouble. My friends, the trouble is inside of us and God has come to deal with that in us. So, um, there is a very strong uh, statement in verses 6 and 7 in 2 Timothy 3. Now, I'm going to encourage you, if you get stuck in gender uh, rather than spiritual warnings, uh, then sometimes um, we, as women, uh, women can become defensive, men become proud. But my friends, if you listen to these two verses, I can't imagine what... The, the men and women would be proud of, um, we should, or defensive of, is that we should all be like, okay, um, let me just see, is any of this kind of conduct happening in me? Am I being silly? Am I being manipulative? Whatever your gender. For far too long, we've continued to let the curse operate, which pits men and women against each other, acting as though sin is always gender-driven. It's not. It may have certain ways that it expresses itself, um, but we must understand first and foremost, we have way more in common as men and women than we do uh, differences, though there are differences, of course. But until we begin to understand that we've got a common problem known as sin, flesh, the devil, demons, right, that we have to understand we have a common solution also, which is Christ and his cross, his imparted life to us, we will find we've got way more ground to agree on and to be uh, connected with as the brethren, as the men and women of God for this hour of history. We have got to stop uh, constantly trying to show who's the you know more stupid, right? Who's more clueless according to gender, so anyway, maybe that's another another episode, <laughs> right? But listen to me carefully. Let's just let the word speak to us. 2 Timothy 3, 6, For among them are those who worm their way into homes and captivate silly and weak-natured and spiritually dwarfed women, loaded down with the burden of their sins and easily swayed and led away by various evil desires and seductive impulses. Now, no one should (laughs) have escaped that either you're the worm that's worming your way into homes, taking advantage of weak women, or you're a weak woman. Okay, I mean, really, does anybody get away in that scripture? No. And if you keep it only gender, constantly pitting gender, Uh, Men and women against each other. Oh, yeah, look at those silly women. Well, who's doing the worming? These days, my friends, it could be um, manipulative women uh, worming their way in uh, to weak women. It could be manipulative men working their way in to manipulate and to uh, captivate and dominate weak women. Okay, do, do you understand what I'm saying? 
I want you to see this as the trouble that is going to be more and more exposed in the days that we live. It's always been going on. But oftentimes, because we lived under the illusion that we are good people, right, we didn't understand that sometimes those that you think are so, so good, so charming, so wonderful, so magnanimous, so helpful, right, are some of the most worming people that you will ever meet, meet, right? How many of you have recently, right, had to face that someone that you thought was all that ended up being someone that you needed to do what it said at the end of verse five, which is avoid all such people and turn away from them. That when you first laid eyes on them, when you first heard them and their smooth voice, you didn't know it was the hissing of a snake Okay, but it was a smooth voice that told you exactly what you wanted to hear. Right? Do you understand? That can come from a man or a woman. You could be a man or a woman. I'm sure there are men out there who have fallen prey to women who wormed their way in. Okay? So I'm I'm not trying to change what the scripture says. It says weak and spiritually dwarfed women. Verse seven says these weak women will listen to anybody who will teach them. See, no discernment. All right? But my, my, my greater point is, is that there's trouble everywhere, my friends. And it's not gender-driven. It is sin-driven. Those who are living independent from the Father. Because this happens in the church, not just in the world. So verse 7, these weak women will listen to anybody who will teach them. They are forever inquiring and getting information, but are never able to arrive at a recognition and knowledge of the truth. And in my Bible, that word truth is capitalized. They are never coming to the recognition and knowledge of Jesus Christ himself, who is the truth. So it goes on and says, now it's going to name some men. Okay, but can we just like not make it gender? But I'm just saying it goes back and forth from men and women. Now, just as Giannis and Yambrus were hostile to and resisted Moses, so these men also are hostile to and oppose the truth. And truth is capitalized. They oppose Christ himself. They have depraved and distorted minds and are reprobate, reprobate and counterfeit and to be rejected as far as the faith is concerned. So it's showing that whether you in the Old Testament or the New Testament, that the nature, this nature has not changed. This way of operating, it's been going on for a very, very long time because the times don't cause the trouble. This is the trouble inside of mankind. So I want to open you up to understanding that we must come into agreement with God in his judgments. If God comes and passes judgment on something, let me assure you, let me assure you, he is attempting to bring you into agreement with what he says about it, whatever it may be, 
so that he can deliver you from it and bring you to himself. So if you defend the men who are worming their way into your life, if you find your affections are still connected to them and you feel that God's judgment is too harsh, you're in danger. If you are a woman and uh, you are weak and spiritually dwarfed, loaded down with your own sins, you're swayed around by your own evil desires and seductive impulses, could you come into agreement with God about that in your own self rather than saying, well, I just had a bad day that day and I know that, you know, I took a drink and then later I was, you know, sleeping with people I didn't know their name. Okay, so could we be honest enough to say, oh, this is what God is saying, is there's something going on inside of me, probably a little deeper than just the fact that I took one drink. No, are you willing, now this is how I say it, because this is how God did it with me, are you willing to sit down with God, let him roll film, and let him show you where things went off the rails, maybe three days before you reached out and took that drink, that you were tolerating certain uh, thinking and attitudes that show that you're in shallow waters in your in your Christian life. Are you willing to let God show you where you have been indulging things within yourself, indulging your own ways of dealing with pain, uh, where you, though spiritually dwarfed, it says, think you're the spiritual giant. I mean, I could be quoting from my book right now because this described me about 25 years ago. And th- this is th- this is so key and so important that we let God begin to pass judgment upon our flesh and that we stand with him in the spirit because we are one with him in the spirit and say, Father, now you show me my flesh since it's something separate from me, though it may still be operating in me. It is something separate from me because I'm born of the Spirit. My flesh is not me. Father, show it to me and bring me into agreement with you. Be I male or female, (laughs) right? If I am the weak woman or the worming man, whichever category that falls in, hmm? can we say to our Father, Father, the times haven't caused my trouble but I can see that the times I'm in are exposing trouble. I need to see it from your vantage point. So we're under the big tent of God's presence, so under the big tent of tent talk, my friends, there is a chair for you at your Father's table. If I wanted to really get serious about this, if I did, I would say, You know, this is the marriage tent of God. There's a consummation about to take place if you allow what Isaiah 4 says, which is where tent talk comes from, that says there's about to be some burning, sifting, and judgment that comes, and it's also a place under that tent of divine love and protection. Listen, my friends, the fireworks that's about to come out of the tent of God, the tent that he is pitching, wherever he can find men and women who will allow him to have his own house, hmm? his house. He is about to set us so free from ourselves 
those who are lovers of self and utterly self-centered, which all of us qualify for that until he deals with us. My friends, this is the tent that he's pitching. And I want to stay focused with him. I'm in a fresh work, you know, a fresh focus with him. And we need to understand that the times don't cause the trouble, but my friends, there sure is trouble. These are days of great trouble and great glory. Because for those who will stay with him under the tent and be deeply discipled and will come forth from that tent will be those Christ in them is their only hope of anything. And they are going to live and walk in a way that is true of Christ. And we are going to be a part of facing the trouble that's going on. We're going to be, if you will, flipping back the flap of that tent and encouraging as many people to go in as possible and let the Father love you the same as he has loved me. And you will not come out confused. The church that is about to emerge, my friends, is not going to be a clueless, confused, confounded church with filth and carnage everywhere. The church that will emerge after his dealings is going to be the church that he is building. So let me stop with that today. All right. So I pray that these have given you uh, these thoughts that I've shared with you, this conversation that we're having, that it's encouraging you in a very, very strong way. Don't remain a weak woman and don't remain a worm of a man. Don't remain in gender wars that will produce nothing, my friends. Let's step into the spirit of who we are and let's address with the Father, with the Son, with the Holy Spirit, exactly what it is that they know we need to have dealt with. Whatever it may be. Because, as I mentioned on the previous episode, these two words, but God, in Ephesians 2, verse 4, rich is he in mercy. Oh, he's coming to deliver us. And it's not going to be to deliver us from what we think our problem is. He's delivering us from what he knows our problem is. But listen carefully. He's delivering us from self and to himself. You can't just cry out for deliverance and have no destination. If someone came to me and said, Nancy, please pray for me. I want to be delivered from my depression. I would say, great. Where do you want to be delivered to? FedEx, UPS, you know, they don't come to your house and just pick up packages. You have to have a destination on that package. They come to pick it up because they plan on taking it somewhere. God delivers you, my friends. He will pick you up today, no matter what state you're in, no matter what situation you're in, but he's about to deliver you to himself. If you've got any other plans, well, he's going to have to speak to you about that. So I pray I've been an encouragement to your life today, and I love you. Until next time. For more information on Nancy, please visit nancymccrady.com or follow her on social media at nbmccrady.com.